Welcome back to The Unprofessional Professional, where I'm the professional. And I'm the unprofessional. And we delve into important topics from both sides of the desk. Hey everyone, I'm really excited about this episode, in specifically. We're all staring at each other, because I'm here with my mom, my other brother David. You guys can say hi. Oh. And my other brother, Angel, and obviously Logan's here with me too. You know me and Logan. We talked a little bit about our schooling in the first two episodes of The Unprofessional Professional, but now we're here with all these different generations and different, I don't know, schooling backgrounds, backgrounds, which I'm really excited to talk about. So we're going to have Mom, David, and Angel introduce themselves, tell your name, say when you graduated, and if you did, mom just gave me the look. And if you didn't graduate yet, tell everybody what grade you're in. We'll start off with that. Let's start off with Angel first. Hello, I am Angel Gonzalez. Um, I'm graduating in 2023, so that means I'm in 10th grade. You're in 10th grade. You're 15, huh? Yeah. Yeah? What's your, okay, what's your favorite food? Oh, fries. Fries. Okay, great. David, your turn. Add your favorite food on the end. I feel like you learn a lot about people by their favorite food. My name is David J. Robinson. Uh, I was born June 14th, 2001. So that means that this year I am a sophomore in college. I graduated in June of 2019 from high school, Kenmore West High School. My favorite food, I mean, I just love food in general. (laughs) I love it. And last but not least, the matriarch of all of us, your name? Heather Monroe. And I graduated in 89 from Kenmore West 1989, last year yeah. of the 80s. Yep, from and Kenmore West. Favorite food? Go Blue Devils. <laughs> and my favorite food is chicken parm. Oh, yes. We get, we're half Italian. We get all, all of that from her. So we're really excited to talk today. And so, okay, the next questions that I wanted to ask, and we'll start with Angel again. I want you to tell me about your favorite teacher and what made them your favorite teacher. My favorite teacher would have to be my theater teacher, mostly because she just puts herself out there. She lets people put themselves out there as well, and you can just, you can do anything in that class. You can, you expresses your emotions, and mm-hmm. you know, it's made me feel a lot better talking in public, because I've had a hard time my whole life, and I'm getting a lot better at it because of her, so, yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. I love that theater teacher. I had her as well. David, who's your favorite teacher and why are they your favorite teacher or like past teacher too? Well, you know, I would probably go with Angel's answer and say that it's Miss Greninger. Mm-hmm. I would probably say uh, theater was a favorite class of mine. I actually left wrestling for theater uh, freshman year of high school. Um, I could have stuck with wrestling, but it just wasn't something that I was passionate about. And you left it for theater. Why was Miss Greninger such a pull to make you leave wrestling? Well, what I, was it about her? I didn't officially know her at the time. I just knew of her and she was just really nice and really kind. And she made me, uh, when I was around her the first time that I met her, she made me feel like I belonged there at the high school in general. So she touched more lives. She touched people around you to the point where her reputation was wonderful. Yeah. And unfortunately I couldn't get her that year, but it was still worth it to leave wrestling that year i got her the next year my schedule was already set freshman year so i just did the musical instead and uh, i just held out for the next year and then you know the rest is history i did theater 
There we go. Yeah. So both the same. What about you, mom? Your favorite teacher and what made them your favorite teacher? Wow. I liked my drama teacher too. It was Mr. Star back then. Mm -hmm. It was just fun. The theater was fun. You could be yourself kind of place. But I also liked Mr. Felches, who was photography, but I think he was an English teacher. But he would like, like I don't know, he would get on this, like he was a student himself. I like that. And Logan, I know that you can back me up here. None of them said, I'm so grateful for all the homework that the teacher gave me. It was wonderful. And I remember every paragraph they made me write. Oh, that was the best part. Right? <laughs> they, all, they all talked about qualities of a teacher. What makes a teacher great and what we remember about them is their passion. I think that's something that you all touched on was the passion of what they taught. Is that they taught it and they loved it. They didn't just teach it for a check or to talk. Mm -hmm. They they taught it because they loved the students. Okay, another question I have for you is what made you want to listen in class? What made you want to listen in class? Angel's staring at me because he knows he doesn't. What made you <laughs> what makes you want to listen though? And like what lesson? What lesson do you remember being taught that you were it just like stuck with you? Take your time to think about it. We'll start with you. I mean, you can honestly, be honest. Honestly, it's from la uh, not last year, two years ago, in social studies. I don't know why, but World War Two has always been like a big topic for me because my grandpa talks about it like all the time. Mm -hmm. It's all he ever talks about is the old days, and I mean that was a hard time, but it's one of the greatest times because we got to celebrate winning the war and we got to. You know, evolve into new generations, discover new things right after. And, and what did you like about being taught about that? What made you want to listen to that lesson? I mean, there's so many interesting things. Is it because it was interesting or was it because anything that the teacher did? I mean, it wasn't anything the teacher did. I mean, he was a good teacher. I enjoyed being in his class, but like the topics in that huge topic was just... I, I really enjoy So you were learning stuff that you were interested in, yeah. not necessarily like stuff the teacher wanted to just talk about the mm -hmm. whole time. Yep. I like that. Dee, what about you putting you on the spot? What made you want to engage and listen in class? And what was a lesson that just like stuck with you? And like, what did the teacher do or not do that made you listen or not? Well, I think throughout all my years of schooling, I think I've tried to apply myself to every class that I'm in. And to try to do my best in every class that I'm in because, you know, having a learning disability, um, I think having a learning disability was the cause of me taking my classes and my education seriously. I think it was having a learning disability that was the cause of me being more passionate about school because I appreciated a lot of the topics that we went through in English, mm -hmm. like from writing and uh, different like vocabulary, you know, that we use for English, and I appreciate uh, appreciated. I appreciated some of the stories that we talk about in English, some of the, the literature that we would go through, because mm -hmm. um, I kind of go somewhere else in my head, like I kind of just, you know, stop thinking about what was getting me down that day or what I was upset about by the time English class came because we read a certain novel that would just like make me go somewhere else in my mind and just kind of think about that time period. And I love that. So yeah. you would say like the English classroom was a safe space to explore mm -hmm. things and to be daring and kind of mm -hmm. venture out and 
learn interesting things that maybe you didn't know that you liked. Yeah, I like different eras too. I like history. I just like, you know, learning about the Dark Ages and like the the Holy War and all that. I and, like that. So, uh, yeah. so far we have safe spaces and being engaged because of learning stuff that you like and kind of building off of your experiences. What about you, Mom? I'm hanging on Angel's coattail with that. Mm -hmm. Something you are interested in always is more... Do you remember anything that you were, like, what made you want to go to, or, like, listen in class? Do you remember a teacher that just made you want to be there instead of, like, writing notes to your friends? Or? There was several <laughs> of them. It had to be, like, the topic was interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, World War II and learning about the Nazis. It was interesting topics. Yes. But you could even take English class, and the, it was the certain books that you would read. Yeah. That were like Lord of the Flies and that. That was a good book and then you'd be interested. But yep. then like they made me read Shakespeare and my mom did my homework for me. <laughs> you hear that, Dr. Sircone? <laughs> <laughs> he always makes fun of Romeo and Juliet. He talks about how that's so like No, mine was overdone. Merchant of Venice. Oh, she did Merchant of Venice. Okay. Yeah. Yep, that's yes. even worse. <laughs> But that's interesting because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, we are going to come back. We're going to take a little musical interlude here. I'm very excited to keep going on this. Um, we are going to be talking about media literacy today. And we're going to be talking about um, pulling in just different modes, different forms of learning into the classroom so that it's not so rote, so that we're not sitting there listening to the teacher, but we're engaging in a student-led safe space classroom, which we all touched on so far. So we'll be back soon. Stick around. Okay, and we're back and I'm really excited to be talking about this because this is a topic in class that we talked about in week seven that I'm really interested to kind of like engage more and to get to know like all the different, just this generational gap right here. We have uh, my mom who graduated in 89, my brother who graduated in 2019, uh, a sophomore, I graduated in 2014 along with Logan. So we have like a like a 25 year span here. It's, it's pretty crazy. And I'm really excited to talk about this. Um, the media. Um, we know that we will get messages from the media and that they influence us. And that's kind of what we're gonna be talking about. And I'm excited to like hear about it. But so I wanted to just start off with the definition of literacy. Just really quick before Logan reads it. Does anybody have an idea of literacy or like to be literate? What does it mean to be like literate? Have knowledge of something. Okay. Want to add? Exactly what mom said. Want to add? Just without looking at the definition, Logan? Oh, it's too late for me. Okay. What they said. Just like having knowledge of something, right? So like it started with like you, you read something. You're, you're literate because you can read. And then it started with, okay, now you're literate because you can write about what you've read and you understand it. But now in 2020, we have media literacy. And so why don't you just say the definition of literacy as is? Uh, according to Google, it is the ability to read and write. The ability to read and write. See, it's like so baseline as that, but it goes deeper, especially in the English classroom. Um, so media literacy. Media literacy provides a framework to access, analyze, evaluate, and create messages in a variety of forms. So we're getting knowledge from a variety of things. So no longer is it just reading something and just understanding it. Media literacy is like advertisements now. 
Now we look at a picture and a message is being sent to us. Like think about the billboards that we've seen. So I wanted to ask you guys if you've seen any messages come from like commercials or like the debate yeah. or like you can totally be honest. No, you can totally be honest. You can swear too. You can do whatever you have to do. Well, about the commercial topic, I just want to say that... A little louder just because we have the... Sorry, the... Well, what's this called? The furnace is going. When it comes to the whole <laughs> commercial topic, when it comes to that... I think that, and I was just discussing this with mom like last week or something like that, mm -hmm. but commercials put so much detail into whatever time they have on TV. Mm -hmm. Like if it's a two minute or a one minute commercial, they put so much detail into okay. it. Okay, it's interesting yeah. that you say that because that's part of what media literacy is. Yeah. That's on purpose. They're trying to send a message to you. So has there been a commercial that you've seen where you've been like, huh? Like something that's being sold or something about a candidate. Yeah, there was a Subaru commercial that was on last week mm -hmm. and it had a theme to it. It was the underdogs and it was about disabled dogs, a dog with one leg, a mm -hmm. dog that was missing an eye, a dog that was paralyzed. And that commercial made me want to go out and buy a Subaru. The underdogs and that made you want to buy it. That's C and they use a fluffy thing that we love. They make us read into it so that we get a message from it and we take away something. And that's what media literacy is. So like, mom, what about like movies? Has there been a movie that you've watched that you know that this movie wants you to take a message from it? Oh my gosh. I know there's like a billion and a half. Yeah. But like something where the director clearly wants you to take a message. So what about you? What about like you love Michael Jackson and stuff? What about a music video of his where he did that music video so that you would take a message from it? Oh I mean, there are a whole ton. I mean, <laughs> Talk a little louder. I mean, black or white. everyone knows black or white. Well, Hopefully go ahead. What knows. if I don't know about it? I mean, it's about racism and like, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It's basically what he says. So is it just the lyrics or is it also stuff in the music video? Well, at the end, it's actually, like, it starts with, like, a white woman mm -hmm. who, like, transforms into, like, a black woman and mm -hmm. then transforms into an Asian man mm -hmm. and then into an Indian woman. And it just keeps transforming into different types of, like, nationalities. See, and this is super interesting <laughs> that we have this 15-year-old kid that's looking at something from, like, the 80s, 90s and gets this message still that rings so true. That's what media literacy is. You read into this music video from this guy that you love, but he's kind of selling you a message. Like racism is shitty. You know what I mean? Mo any movies, anything that we can think um, of? Uh, the, uh, something that comes to mind for me is the trailer to Monsterland, the new Hulu um, uh, horror series, because of the way that it took snippets from every uh, each of the episodes and things like that. It construed, it's not necessarily the exact story from the show, but it's something that's enticing. It's supposed to entice you. It has the ability to make you think that, oh, this is something that I would like to watch because there is this thing that I don't know. So mm -hmm. I, it, it leads you on with these snippets of itself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Go ahead, Mom. I was reading an article today at work about oh, the shit. whole Corona, <laughs> the COVID thing. And I thought this was really interesting about Sweden and what they're going through right now because they haven't worn masks and they haven't quarantined. And there are massive deaths, and they, but their government or whoever makes a decision of why they're doing the way they're doing it, they're trying to do a different take on it, and they actually worded it. They called it herding, so they want everyone to herd and get ill. 
and if you live, you live. If you get sick, you get sick, but you become immune one way or the other. Huh. And they, they wanted students to go to school if they were COVID positive or if they were in a house where there's a COVID positive person. You have to go to school in person. Jeez. So the smell is here like, where you can't go. Yeah. You got to stay quarantined. Right. If you are around somebody mm-hmm. or you have. There's like a million messages in that. Yeah. Like the yeah. strong will survive. Kind of. You'll I live, you'll that. die. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. The commercials and things that they would be doing with that. That's, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, a sorry. lot of movies, like the one with the girl, you know, catching fire. What's that called? Hunger Games. Like, hung, it's like a Hunger Games Hunger thing. Games. <laughs> but it's going on in the world, mm. just in another country, but still in our world. Yes, girl. And ex- so going along with the Hunger Games thing, not only, this is the point of media literacy now as an English teacher and what I've been talking about in my classes, is that Hunger Games, the movie, I feel like teachers, especially like in the 80s, 90s, and tell me if I'm wrong, that's why I have you here and I'm excited to have you here, mom, is I feel like a teacher would just like read a book, you talk about it, and that's it. But now it's so important to have media literacy because I feel like it makes conversations full and it makes kids want to focus because instead of me just like reading to kids the Hunger Games, there you go, here's the message, I'm telling you, I'm giving you it. Now we can read the Hunger Games, watch the movie, have the kids look at the movie and the and read the book and see where they compare, where they contrast. We can talk about messages from both. I think it's so important to have that. Yeah. So mom, media for you. What was media for you when you were younger? Oh, I grew up where we watched the news every night, six o'clock news, and sometimes the eleven o'clock news. My family watches the news all the time, my parents, and now I do. Mm-hmm. And now Angel does in the morning when we get up and at 6 o'clock, he puts on Channel 7 yep. and we watch the news. Yeah. And you, like, you see what's going on. Yeah. You don't just, you know, it's funny. He's only 15. He doesn't go right to cartoons or something. Yeah. And you had, like, MTV, too, right? Did you have MTV, MTV in the 80s? That's when it started. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Dr. Sircone. Don't that's, be upset. That's when, it, that's when it started. So you had MTV. Yep. You had the start of music videos telling you stuff mm-hmm. Big like messages on mtv like what was something that you saw when you were younger and you were like huh like ever like a oh, well just culture club video i don't know boy george <laughs> culture club's a music group oh yes and boy george is their singer and he was very flamboyant mm-hmm. and that day I, it was probably more of word beyond flamboyant mm-hmm. because he was he had long hair he was dressed in bright colors so his message of was makeup. gay yeah, he, yeah he's gay and he was gay and he was very out about it at a time era when you were not out and when you, i went to school you did not admit you were gay if you were gay that's yep. where in the closet came from because you just you didn't tell anybody you were gay they would call you oh the fag they, yeah yeah no no it's okay we i know it's a different time yeah. so the messages that's a good, that's actually super interesting. I want to ask you, did you ever feel like Boy George, like, was saying, like, I'm proud. And yeah, definitely. If you're out, like, if I you're not it, out. But my father would come home early from work and see us watching that video, and it was a whole different opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what are you, why are you watching these freaks? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what is this crap? Or, yep. even, you know, he still yeah. has that opinion about people well, that are different. I know. You're not just... You know, yes. men are men, women are women. Black people stay with black people, white people stay with white people. The society isn't like that anymore. Yeah. Races, marry races, same sex are with same sex. You're bringing up really important things. Like this is this is the importance of media literacy, and like 
Angel, you're 15 years old in 2020. Like, I'm sure, and if not, you can say that, but I'm hoping that you've, do you talk about like LGBTQ stuff in school? Everybody's like, ow, like what, like what's your experience like with media? Yeah, there's clubs that deal with stuff like the LGBTQ. They didn't have GSA clubs in your day, did they? No way. So they have the Gay Straight Alliance um, at Kenmore West out and proud i mean there's messages sent there highly suicidal school back then too mm-hmm. makes you almost wonder why some of the kids not maybe that they, they were all gay but they were it was it was a big time of drugs and rock and roll time yeah but there was a lot of suicides maybe they couldn't speak yeah. about how they felt yeah and i feel like that's such an important thing with media literacy is that mm-hmm. we're I think it's important that as a teacher, I don't force what I believe on the kids, but I have a safe space, like you were talking about, David, with an open classroom where kids can at least explore this. Because in 2020, and Angel, I'm sure that you can attest to this, I'm sure you have gay friends and people who are totally out and proud. It's like you're going to come across these people. So you need to learn about them. Mm. And it's my job to make a space safe. Mm. Logan, you were going to talk then. David, yep. go ahead, sorry. Uh, Mom, I actually got a question for you. How many teachers incorporated anything that was on MTV in the classroom and relating it to the books they, they taught? <laughs> Her face. Not, none of them. Not a single one of them. That would have been huge, too. I was going to say, how would, you, what, what, how would that have changed you if you brought Thriller? That would have been huge. <laughs> you would have had a, probably got a lot more attention of the kids yeah. that were... You might have learned Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton? Yeah. People pair him with Shakespeare now so that kids can Mm -hmm. start learning about poetry and rap. Yeah, they do that. No. But the 80s was a very individual time. Yes. Because you had, like, headbangers that listened to metal music. Mm -hmm. You had um, kids that were, um, you know, what what is it? Alternative, kind of. Psychedelic. Yeah. like Breakers, new wavers. Now imagine if a teacher brought in what (laughs) they like. They probably wouldn't be in that detention room you were in no. carving stuff on a desk. Yeah. My mom went to detention one time and it was so 80s. And they were like, the man, I watch a boy carve his name <laughs> to a desk. And I feel like maybe he would have been more engaged if like Ozzy was playing and you talked about the importance of identity mm-hmm. in class and you used Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. I mean, come on, that would have been awesome. That's David, huge. you, right? You were going to, that's media literacy. You were going to mm-hmm. say something. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say that. You know, the way that we've all grown up at this table, the three of us as siblings, the way that we've grown up together is in a way to be accepting and kind to others because we grew up with gay neighbors, Mm -hmm. our Uncle Bill and Uncle Steve, as we like to call them. And, you know, they were good friends of the family, you know, and they still are to this day. They're not next door anymore. They're not our next door neighbors. They moved away. You know, they separated, but they've had an impact on how we come across different lifestyles and how we treat other people. That's why media literacy is so important because we are the lucky ones. We're pretty privileged. We are. My mom's nodding her head. She knows. We're spoiled kids. We have never gone without. And we've had experiences. I mean, me and David are half black and Angel is half Puerto Rican. And we've had those experiences. We've had experiences with gay people. I mean, we are pretty privileged in the sense of like what we know and what we've been able to experience. And you also experience 
being um, Caucasian, being white, See? being Italian, being Irish, yeah. Scottish. So we experience all these things. We're pretty privileged. Mm -hmm. And that's why media literacy is so important because there are kids that don't have those opportunities. The only thing I don't agree with things, in the, and I, it's just my opinion, mm -hmm. like in the society is that people do have their opinion, but when someone doesn't agree with it, you can't even speak about it because then you're <gasps> yeah, like, you know, like we, I'm fine with gay marriage, gay people. I have friends, I have mm -hmm. relatives, but there's other people that aren't fine with it. And if they voiced that, they'd be shot down and, and like, you should be able to like a lot of people want to vote for Biden and they express that mm -hmm. those who want to vote for Trump. If you express it, you're shot down. And why can't why... people? Sorry, we had to take a little brief intermission there. We got a phone call. We took the phone off the hook and we are back. And my mom was talking about how people with like differences of opinions, like where is their safe space in school? Um, and so I do want to kind of touch on that really quick with media literacy, literacy and things like that is that it is, it's my job as a teacher and whoever listens to this too, is that we have to create a safe space for voices to be heard because not every kid is going to have their life, life change because I feel one way. They still have to go home to parents who might not feel this way. And they might, I don't know what it is. I don't want to speak for them. But it is my job to create that safe space. So what we can do, what I would have them do though, is they're going to do the same things as everybody else. If you like Trump, that's great. But in media literacy now, let's take a, a campaign a campaign commercial and break that down and compare that to a Biden commercial and talk about their differences. You don't have to say whether you like them or not. Just talk about the differences. That's the point. You're analyzing like a commercial. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll say there, there are novels and movies that have completely different messages and themes, um, even in the same kind of genre and stuff. So why it's no different than in politics and things. So you can make that parent and be able to translate that into your novels that you're reading as well. Yep. Yep. And you don't need to have them agree with you. No. They just need to be able to do, to be able to read through things. So people make it personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it just, because if I supported Trump, it doesn't mean I'm a racist person. Not a, you know. But in, but in some people's opinions it is. And that's not like you're, that's not who I am. Yeah. It's just maybe the candidate I support. Well, you know exactly. what I'm saying? And like, it goes, that's with. Yeah. yeah. What I would do probably then is have like a student pick things, mm -hmm. pick you know, like like I said, commercials or pieces of a debate or whatever it is mm. that show why they're not then mm -hmm. or show why they don't like that then. You know what I mean? It's 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 for everybody. This is for everybody. Media is for everyone. And, and everybody finds the bad. If you, what would be really interesting is if everybody tried to find the good in somebody. Yeah. Like, that would be an interesting... <laughs> maybe, like, make an anti-Biden person find yeah. 10 good things about him and yeah. express those. And vice versa. That An anti-Trump person find ten good things about him and express yeah. those. That would be interesting. Like look what at they look, argumentative. Well, like look at this commercial and what does this say that's mm -hmm. good about Trump? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, a commercial can spin anything any way they want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That is interesting. That was in a movie. Remember the Titans? Yes. Because the coach made the black and white players have a partner, mm -hmm. and you had to find out things about the mm -hmm. the white partner had to find out things about the black partner yeah. like things he didn't know about him yeah oh. see that's interesting there's like a billion lesson plans going through my head right now <laughs> no no no. there's like a billion lesson plans going through my head right now angel the titans i talked <laughs> i talked about to you a little bit and i want you to talk about it a little bit more do if they don't that's fine 
has there ever been a teacher or do teachers you're virtual learning right now you're on a computer i've never had to do that i don't know how you're doing this mm -hmm. do they use stuff that you like to teach like do they use commercials do they use bits from a movie do they use podcasts do they use what are they what have you done with media in class I mean, I can't really think off the top of my head what they've used in particular. Mm -hmm. I know, like, some of these music. Like, cool. some have asked, what's your favorite artist? What's your favorite type of movie? Your, your top three movies? Um, is it ever used to talk about anything in class? Or is it just asking your favorite stuff? I mean, not right now like not as of right now yeah it is only october it, but yeah how interesting and fun would it be though if you had i think it'd be a little bit more interesting see especially because like being holed up in your house all day can get kind of what if a teacher said hey you like michael jackson use black or white in and talk about racism in this book what books have you read that have you talked about racism in class i mean wow i'm like i don't know anything i mean we're actually one thing we are watching is uh a raisin in the sun you're watching it from 1989 in ela well how cool would that be if you did like a comparison poem or something to the raisin in the sun and black or white or Michael Jackson, that would be awesome to bring in what you like. And yeah. that's the importance of this. Really quick, just because I also have to connect what we're talking about to what I've learned in class. There have been a few different articles that I've read in class, in the specific class with the specific professor, and talking about media literacy and what to look for when we are looking at messages that we're receiving and stuff from any media outlet. So these are the five key questions that we've been told to, to ask ourselves when, when something is coming to us to tell us a message. The first question is, who created this message? Like, why would that be important to know who created the message? Logan? Um, well, I can give you guys, or they give an insight to uh, the bias or like the, the point of it where you can, you know, because depending on who is making it, you can kind of see and read into like, oh, what's the purpose that this is going to be? Yep. We were talking about Trump and Biden, right? So what if we had this commercial where Trump's screaming and whatever, and then it says endorsed by Biden or, or made by Joe Biden. It's important that we know who it's made by so that we can go, oh, well, of course he chose those specific moments. He wants to win this election or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one. The second one is what creative techniques are used to attract my attention? David, you were talking about the Subaru commercial and other commercials, the details of the commercial, you know, using, I've seen a lot of commercials lately with black families more than I've ever seen commercials with black families. Why would that be important right now? I think it's just showing the inclusiveness of different races in our country and in the world in general exactly i think it's just showing inclusiveness period because that's something that societies lacked in certain areas is inclusiveness the inclusiveness of sexual orientation to different ethnicities 
Exactly. And using certain creative techniques to attract my attention. The thing with the dogs that you were talking about, mm -hmm. dogs are like a big thing right now. There's a billion memes about cats and dogs. Yeah. Of course I'm going to watch a commercial with like cute fluffy things. And specifically dis, uh, disabled dogs because there's a lot of hate See? against disabilities. And of course, we're going to yeah. pay attention to that and want to know what it is about. Yeah. The third question is, how might different people understand the message different than me? How would I read it different than Logan? Well, Logan's a white guy. I'm a black girl. I'd read a message different than he would for sure. How I would take a commercial would be different than him. How I'm treated would be different than him. Of course. The fourth question is, what values, lifestyles, and points of view are being represented and what aren't. So we have to question like who's included? Who is this for? And who's not included in this message? And why are they not included in this? And then the fifth question is why is this message being sent at all? What is it trying to do? What emotion is it, is it trying to make me wanna donate? Is it trying to make me vote for this guy? Is it trying to make me go to Target to buy that sweater that looked really nice in that commercial because it's fall, so now I gotta go? Like, what is this message being sent? Who's in it? Who's not? What are they doing to make me watch it? Who made it? These are all super important questions. And then there's five key concepts as well. So there's like, everything is planned. And I thought that was important to talk about too. Mm -hmm. That everything, every message that we received has been carefully calculated and planned by people so that we receive this message that we get what they want us to get out of it. The format is important. What words, music, colors are being used? The audience is important. Who, who's the audience? Who's it for? Who's, who's going to make sense of it? And how are they going to interpret it? The content is important. Are they challenging stereotypes? Are they being careful of generalizations? Who and what is important? And finally, the purpose too. Most everything is for money or to influence something. So I think, I thought that that was super important to talk about with media literacy too, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's exactly what, uh, at least in this modern day, what uh, media literacy can be used for, especially because there are so many, so many different things. You see so many different kinds of news sites and some of them use photo, Photoshop, some of them use other kind of weird things or like you find um, car commercials that like tell you this whole cute story and then all of a sudden at the end they just ram like, oh, here's the car sale. Mm -hmm. And the end, so it's kind of like, oh, we can interpret what's going on nowadays, especially as media grows and bigger and bigger and more just constructive. Yeah. Crazy, your mind, what subliminally you can... Yes, but I mean, it's all calculated. genocide <laughs> in Germany over media mm -hmm. that they used to... Or think about North Korea. The Jews that they were rats and that yeah. people believed... That human beings were related, were the same as a rat. Yeah. All through media. That's through wildly important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what if that happened now? Seriously. Yeah. Well, think they do that now. Mm -hmm. Think about, like, they'll be like, there was a protest last night in Buffalo. But it's like all these black people with, like, fire, like, stuff like dynamite in their hand or, like, mm -hmm. bricks. Mm -hmm. What is that saying? One, they're violent. Two, they're coming for you and your stores. I mean, we're getting all these messages sent to us, and it's on purpose. None of it's mm -hmm. none of it's on accident. It's all on purpose. Mm -hmm. And 
So I did a, a little lesson with the kids at North Tonawanda High School, and I had them look at different advertisements and tell me what's going on, who is this for, what is it trying to tell you? And I wanted to see if you guys knew or wanted to say anything. I shared this one, and it was this totally ripped guy, and he was like holding onto the edge of a cliff, and he had like power, what do you call that? Protein powder oh, yeah. in his hand, and it said like, for the man inside of you. And I was like, well, who, is, well, who is this for? One, obviously. Right, it's for the people that are of that same physique. Or for men in general, right? Just right. like well, or athletic people. Athletic, athletic people. people. It's funny because I was just talking, well, not talking about this, but I was just thinking about this, and uh, there was something on television on one of the sports channels when I was skimming around on the channels, um, and there was something about the CrossFit Games or a CrossFit athletic tournament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, the people that compete in that, you know, dating-wise, they probably date people that are of the same build that they are. Mm -hmm. They date the people that they train with. They date their coaches. But would they ever give a chubby guy a chance? Would they ever? Well, and that's the point of that advertiser that I showed that kids. Why isn't this a chubby? Come, chubby people work. I work out. <laughs> like, how come women that are, like, not, like, heavier set or, you know, maybe not like in our what we think is beautiful why aren't they in the commercials for the girls that you talk to after dark on those yeah. quest lines <laughs> really See? and are this is tall thin long legged <laughs> and this is what i'm talking about we are unpacking in in 5 minutes we've already questioned wait a minute what about the fat people what about the the, the women why can't we be sexy why can't we drink protein powder i drink protein powder and i am not thin <laughs> you know there is one, I can't think of her name, but she has a very, very, like, attractive way about her, and it's her attitude that's attractive, and her confidence that's attractive, but she's a plus-size model, mm -hmm. and I... Is it Ashley Graham? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I yes. think so. She's very attractive, actually, and... And, you know, and that's important, too, because her yeah. advertisements... So she was on Sports Illustrated, and that was a big, big deal big because deal. they don't have big girls on well, Sports I love Illustrated. McCarthy, and when she lost weight, she wasn't considered as funny. She lost her whole show. Well, think about, well, that's... Mike and Molly, the show went off the air because she lost weight. And unpack that for a minute, Melissa McCarthy. The headlines about her after she lost weight were, is she still funny? Why? Yeah. Or like, okay, Jennifer Hudson, when she lost weight, can she still sing? Yeah. What the hell do you mean? That's true. Right? These advertisements that tell us... Yeah. She's not beautiful anymore because she lost weight, or she's can't possibly be a great singer anymore. Like, yeah. we need to be. This is media literacy. It's no longer just reading a book and being like, right, Romeo and Juliet. It's now. It's like, wait, what's this message on the TV, and why is it being sent to me? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. News headlines and advertisements and mm -hmm. things like that. What was the other thing I was gonna say? Too. Go ahead, David. Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. There was something that I was going to say, and I can't even, I can't remember it, and it had to do with just, like, advertisements. Yeah, but anyway, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. No. Huh? I think that I, I think that we really unpacked a lot. I think we did. And I think that it's important that we talked about it. And I'm really grateful that you, I know, clap, clap, clap. I'm really grateful that you guys talked to me, and... That we unpacked a lot about what it means to be literate, what it means to receive messages, to read into things, to be able to analyze, and to be able to take away from and understand 
what the things that we're receiving mean for us and how they're important in the classroom, why we need them. They, well, we needed to engage. We needed to keep kids involved. We, you know, kids learn by relating to their lives. They're not going to learn because I tell them Romeo and Juliet were dumb kids or whatever. They're going to learn because I have them write something about how in love they were. Or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We need our personal experiences in the classroom. So anyway, I want to thank David and my mom, Heather, and my other brother, Angel, for being here and for talking with us today. And we're so happy that you were here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Unprofessional Professional. Again, I'm the professional. I'm the unprofessional. Thanks.